This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. It's great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show, where our mission is to serve you with information, with guidance that empowers you to make better financial decisions in your life. Today, have you heard of the term dupes? These are copies. Items of clothing, cosmetics, things that are made to look like, to seem like, to even feel like designer brands, but much cheaper. Question is, are they worth it? Later, something that's not okay, Toyota just got hit with a big fine and having to pay restitution of millions of dollars to its customers. I want to tell you what Toyota did, what you need to be aware of, because it could happen to you with any vehicle you buy, new or used, with the loan you get. So, dupes. This is a newer way of saying copies of brand name goods. I mean, there's always been reverse engineering where companies have tried to copy an it look, a designer this, that, or the other. There are counterfeits, obviously, that are sold of brand names. And then there are just legitimate copies that are sold under a separate brand name. That's what dupes are. People buy these dupes hoping they'll get something at a discount, a big discount, that is roughly equivalent to the designer brand, the big label, whatever. But when people are polled about this, depending on which poll, a third to a half feel like they threw their money away, that the item they bought just wasn't any good, that it was not of the quality that the designer label or brand label has. So I've been thinking about that as someone who has no fashion sense at all, none. Those of you who watch the YouTube show, you know, I have no fashion sense. I don't care about that, but I do care about money. And this reminds me of any other kind of thing where people are buying off-label, store brand, anything like that, that it's a matter of testing the waters that you don't go all in buying a copy of a designer or a brand name. You have to go in lightly and try something. Some things are going to be worthy as the kind of spirit of the item that the brand name is or the designer goods are. Others are going to be pale imitations. So you are going to find items that are worthy of your dollar and worthy of the savings you're going to get. Then there are others that are going to be an ah well and a reset. But you don't jump all in because sometimes they're not going to be any good. Now, obviously, the stakes are much lower in the supermarket or the discount store, buying an off-brand or a store brand versus the designer stuff. Uh, You know, I wouldn't know a designer if it hit me in the face. It It wouldn't matter to me at all. I even mess up 
the there's two of them that I never get right that both begin with a C, I think. There's Cartier. Cartier and there's another one that begins with a C. I don't know. Chanel? <laughs> oh, Chanel, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I was trying to remember. I mean, I, I just don't understand. I don't even know what they sell. Cartier is like fancy watches or something. Jewelry, I think, yeah. But Chanel sells that uh, stuff too? They sell, I think, well, bags they start and clothing, things like that. Okay. The famous French designer going so, back forever, I think. So you, you hear I'm being careful here yeah. because I wouldn't know anything about designer But labels. some of these things I think are more like Lululemon. They mentioned the Lululemon leggings are supposed to be like, like as soft as the Lululemon leggings, but not $98. So I'm going to try one of these and see, see how they are. Well, you know, Lane, my wife does yoga several times a week and I saw yoga pants at Aldi. Oh God. <laughs> so <laughs> why are you laughing at me already? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. So anyway, so I bought, sorry, her the, I bought her the yoga pants at Aldi thinking I was being a good husband. <laughs> <laughs> that one. <laughs> she doesn't wear the Lululemon. Yeah, she doesn't wear that one. She wears some other yeah. yoga brand. There's also like, I mean, there's dupe like cosmetics. So they're not really, I mean, you know, it's not like fake. Like Chanel, you might get a knockoff Chanel bag, which is fake. I don't think that's, that's not what we're talking no, about that's here. that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about. about like a quality thing. Like there's a person I follow and she does makeup and there's like a fantastic, say, lipstick and this shade from this brand, but it's super expensive. Well, she'll say, oh, this one from this drugstore brand is like the same shade almost. So you should try that one. Just well, terrifying. I, it's just, it's so far over my head buying a designer thing. It's funny because Lane got a package in the mail same day I got a package in the mail. So what I got was I got these four generic beanies. What do you call those cold weather Ski caps. Like a, a baklava? Like no, a face a thing, one? Oh, just like a hat. The head one? Yeah. And I was so excited because I got these four for $10. Uh-huh. And they're really warm. And she got some kind of fancy piece of jewelry she bought secondhand. And so she's admiring the jewelry. And I'm admiring <laughs> the beef, my the $2.50 yeah. ski cap. You know, it's good. We all balance each other out. Yeah. All right. We'll go to questions now. This one's from John in Wisconsin. I had a flight on Brussels Airlines from Kigali, Africa, back to the States. When I checked in, I didn't like the seats I was given, so I paid to upgrade. Upon arrival at the Kigali airport, I was told my paid for seats were given to someone else, and I had to take my original seats. They could see a transaction was made, but couldn't do anything about it. I would have to inquire about a refund in Brussels, my first stop back to the U.S., in Brussels, they couldn't help but gave me a card to file a claim, which I did. Now they won't refund me. First, because I didn't have a cancellation receipt, because nothing was canceled. And second, denial was because they can reassign seats, even paid ones, as needed. So I paid $110 for two seats I didn't get. And for that money, I was assigned the seats I had already paid for upon purchase of my tickets, which I didn't want. What do I do? So first of all, this comes up repeatedly with the airlines. Krista was on a frequent flyer ticket going to Hawaii. Hawaii. You were booked in first class, lie flat bed, and you got downgraded all the way to regular coach mm -hmm. seat, and they gave you no refund at all. Right. 
multiple hour delay. That was. Yeah. I mean, it was just, and, and the airlines say, well, you know, we didn't guarantee the seat, even though you paid a ton extra in points mm-hmm. to be in the lie flat bed. And I know this sounds like a, a thing of privilege, but it's was, what happened to you. Yeah, it was. And so John paid this money for a long flight from Rwanda back to Brussels and then Brussels, I guess, back to the U.S. What you do, John, because it was a European Union carrier, there are services you can find online that no European aviation law and the rules are very specific. And even though your flight originated in Africa, you're covered by the European Union aviation rules. And they'll take a cut of it, but they will get you your refund almost certainly for the seat fee that you didn't get to use and the airline does not want to refund your money. It is standard practice with European airlines and U.S. airlines that fly to Europe are also covered by this that they just say, nope, we're not going to do it, then wash their hands of it. And that's why you have to use one of these commission services that know how to use the European Union rules to get you your refund. And I hope your trip was great to Africa. Sorry this happened as part of it. Leslie in Georgia says, my son needs contacts again. And it seems like every time I go into the store that we've always gone to, I don't walk out of there without spending at least $200, 300 usually, and sometimes 500 It's absolutely insane, and he has vision insurance. What is the cheapest way to buy contacts and an eye exam and glasses? A lot of people are doing this before the year ends. Yeah, exactly, because you got money sitting there. So first of all, we have on Clark.com a guide to cheap eyeglasses, cheap contact lenses, and cheap eye exams. The thing with prescription benefits at work for eyes, eye plans, is that often you're required in those plans to use or encouraged with those to use the, there's a cartel that controls a lot of the eye business in the United States. And they charge as much as 10 to 20 times what you pay if you go free market. That's why Someone can walk into Costco, as an example, and buy contact lenses just paying cash as a Costco member for far less than what it is with a prescription plan available through your employer buying at one of the cartel locations. Look at our guides, and I promise whether your prescription plan, your vision plan works for you or not, at one of the discounters that we list there, you're still going to save a lot of money versus using your vision plan that you do get from work. The vision plan generally from work means it is a green light for you to spend more for eye care than it would be if you didn't use often the vision plan from work. Okay, this is from Diane in Georgia. My son who is in prison wants to put me on his visitation list. He sent an application that the prison requires. The info required is my full social security number and a copy of my social security card, driver's license number, date of birth, copy of my birth certificate, and a copy of his birth certificate showing my relationship to him. I have red flags flying and do not want to do this. Diane, I regret to inform you Being on a prison visitation list, it is this involved, and you do have to give this information. I have a good friend who works in a prison ministry, 
as a volunteer. And he had to go through the same process you're being asked to go through or told and had to give up all the same information. Why is that? That's crazy. There's a big problem in prisons with uh, gang smuggling in stuff. And so they want to know exactly who's there. In this case, they want rock solid proof of family relationship. And so, Diane, you do face the risk of this information getting in the wrong hands and being used as a way of doing identity theft against you. That is a possibility. I can tell you, though, the only way you're going to be able to get on the visitors list is to comply with what the state prison system requires of you. And this is very, very common that they want deep dive, very personal information and financial information. You're going to have to do it if you want to be on the visitors list. And I want to tell you that I hope your son is getting along okay in prison and is able, once he is released or paroled, is able to move forward with his life in a really positive way. Coming ahead, something not so positive, Toyota did some dirty deeds and cost their customers money in the millions. And I want to tell you what are the lessons in this that I'm going to share with you for you, regardless of whose brand of car you buy. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Toyota is a powerhouse, and Toyota is doing especially well right now, both in the United States and around the world as an automaker. I mean, they're doing fantastic. So it's just beyond me that Toyota's financing arm that finances so many of the Toyota cars and trucks and SUVs 
Americans Drive, was engaged in crooked practices that they've just paid fines to the feds for, where they were cheating their borrowers. When you go to buy a Toyota, often, if you don't do what I say, which is prearranged financing at a credit union before you ever walk into a dealer, Toyota or otherwise, you're at the mercy of the dealer who they place your financing with. And very common at a Toyota store, they're going to arrange your financing with Toyota's financing arm known as Toyota Motor Credit. Well, Toyota was doing a bunch of really dirty tricks to their customers, their borrowers. They were charging tons of add-ons on the loans, average, depending on the loan, $700 to $2,500 in junk fees added onto the loans when consumers would say, wait, wait, I didn't sign up for this. I didn't sign up for that. I didn't sign up for the other. Toyota would not remove the charges because it was just a pad to profit for the loan. I mean, why would the world's most successful automaker do something this foolish? Because the money was so small versus Toyota's whole operation. The other thing they were doing was Toyota was putting false information about people on their credit reports and then would not remove false information when a consumer discovered it. I mean, really? Really? Was somebody trying to reach a quarterly bonus or something at Toyota? I can't believe it. The thing is, when you're buying a car, you don't do your homework in the right order at your own peril. You know, most of the problems people have with buying a a new car, there are other issues that come up with used cars, but in both circumstances, it all starts with the money. The money. And this is why, if you've heard me for years, you've always heard me say the same thing before you ever walk into a dealership, ever, ever arrange your financing in advance. Because the lion's share of the problems that come up in a car purchase revolve around what happens after you've reached the deal to buy the car you're getting when you hit the F&I department, the finance and insurance department. That's where all the money is in selling a new car. And much of the money for buying a used car is all in the F&I department. The most experienced, capable, knowledgeable individuals work in finance and insurance at a dealership because they can generate most of the profit that happens in that whole dealership because of all the add-ons that they add into that deal and the markups on the loans. Did you know that? You finance a car at a dealer and they're wholesaling the money at one rate and charging you potentially a much higher rate. And often there are a lot of people who are nervous about their credit. They're worried and sometimes legitimately, sometimes not. When it's the sometimes not, uh, not so honest, but very experienced F&I person will say, oh, Man, I'm really working this. I'm having a hard time getting you financed. I, I just don't know. 
they create so much doubt in you and you're salivating about having that new vehicle, that new set of wheels in your driveway. Before you know it, they've wholesaled money for a loan maybe at 5% and written it to you at 14% because they conned you. They psyched you out and made you think you weren't good for the money, but they were going to be your hero and they were going to arrange a loan. They were going to make a nine-point spread on it. This is why it's so important that you do, if you're not a member of a credit union, before you're going to buy a new or used car, you go join a credit union. You arrange your financing in advance. You'll know what money you're good for. You'll know how much in interest you're going to pay. You're going to know what loan term you're going to get. And then the dealer has to beat that if they want to write the paper instead of using the loan that you came up with. In addition, at the dealer, after all that, then they start adding on all the extras. Service protection plan, prepaid maintenance, gap insurance. Who knows what else coverage insurance they add on. It's up to you to protect yourself. And even if you're tired, to read through all the stuff. And if they use one of those screens, don't just have them slide their finger up and say, sign here, initial here, sign here, date here. You want to see what you're signing your name to because in every state in this country, the courts have said what you have signed your name to where you said, I have read and agreed to the terms and conditions of this contract, the judge is going to say, is that your signature? Did you say you have read and agreed to this? Say, well, your honor, your honor is not going to get you anywhere. That's why you must protect yourself. Because Toyota was a big target and was doing dirty stuff. But dirty stuff happens every single day in the finance and insurance department. And you got to be aware and protect yourself. Krista? Okay, Kathy in Hawaii says, Aloha, I'm worried my 2005 SUV may be on its last legs. I was consulting with my friend whether I should take a loan out to buy a new new to me used car or take money out of a non-retirement out of my non-retirement investments. My concern with the latter would be that it would increase my income and I'd be taxed more. My friend talked about the aspect of not allowing the investment to grow and suggested I just get a loan and do monthly payments. I hate being in debt and what's the point of investing money if you can't take it out and use it when you need it? I think I would pull it from an investment account my great aunt started for me as a baby, and it's in all stocks with a high-cost provider. I have money in the Fidelity Zero Funds and with another company I didn't recognize, so I gave you the name It's there. another high-cost company. From when USA sold their investments to this company before I learned about low-cost providers. It feels like I should get out of the higher-cost providers first. So all things being equal... Being in a high-cost provider, you're going to have a lower return over time than you would with, obviously, the Fidelity Zero isn't low-cost. It's a no-cost provider of funds. The tax treatment and the Fidelity Zero funds in a regular investment account is overwhelmingly superior to regular mutual funds. So the question then comes, if you do sell some of your investments to buy the used car, used SUV, then you would want to start your search with either of the two high-cost providers you have. You will have a tax bill, obviously. Depending on your income, though, strangely enough, 
your tax rate could be zero in capital gains tax. That's a little known thing that people who don't earn an enormous amount of money, a certain amount of investment dollars you can sell and pay no tax for selling them. So if you look up 0% capital gains tax rate, it will show you, if you Google that, what the income level is that qualifies you zero tax rate. And you'll be good. Taking out a loan. Vehicle loans are, in most times, are not very expensive. Lately, they've been more expensive. I would say you're a USAA member. See what USAA will write that loan for you for. They are a big issuer of auto loans. And see what that would be. If the rate is very reasonable under, let's say, 6%, I would go with the loan. If it's more than that, I would consider selling some of the high-cost investments. Now, you hate debt, too. What would you actually do if it was you? Well, I, I pay cash right, for everything. Right. Not that that's always the smartest thing, but right. I despise debt. I don't carry debt of any kind. I, I mean, I just can't stand owing anybody money. But that's me. Okay. I mean, it just sounded like that was what Kathy was saying too. So I was just right. checking. Okay. Casey, also in Hawaii, says, Aloha, Clark. I'm a member of a credit union and recently received an enrollment form for accidental death and dismemberment insurance with $2,000 being free just for being a member. Of course, there are options to purchase more, but I don't need additional insurance. Is it worth enrolling in this insurance just to have the additional $2,000 coverage? I mean, they do the 2000 free as a marketing thing, and you'll get a follow-up trying to sell you additional coverage. I feel comfortable with you if you want to have $2,000. It is like free money falling out of the sky. The odds that you're going to die from an accidental death or have a dismemberment, are, it's so very low. But I guess it's some comfort that you can do the 2000 free. Would I buy that product? Never, not on your life. Catherine in Oregon says, I participate in my employer's 401k. I put in 13% every paycheck. Very good. When I meet the financial planner that runs the plan, he has always told me to max up my 401k with pre-tax dollars and not participate in the Roth, in a Roth, based on my protected tax bracket at retirement, I get more advantages with the 401k versus a Roth. I'm wondering if I've made the wrong choice for all these years. For reference, I'm 55 and make approximately $80,000 gross per year. Should I start a Roth on my own at this point? Okay. The income was 80? Mm hmm So we don't know based on what you posted, single or married. Mm hmm If you're married, you absolutely, without question, without doubt, want to be doing the Roth version of the 401k because your tax rate now is 12%. In your case, even as a single individual, most of what you earn is taxed at 12%, a small amount taxed at 22%. I would say that tax rate is so favorable to you because tax rates are so much lower than they historically have been and are likely going to be in the future because of these very large budget deficits we're running just on Medicare and Social Security alone. We're going to have to either go broke as a country, reduce benefits for Medicare and Social Security, or we're going to have to tax more or some combination of reducing benefits and more taxes. So that's why 
I would say it would make a lot of sense for you to have some Roth 401k money. Plus, you already have all the traditional 401k money you've built up over the years. Having a tax-free and a taxable pile of money, having both of those would be very advantageous to you long-term. So I respectfully disagree with the financial planner who's encouraging you to do traditional 401k. I believe that Roth would be a really good answer at your income and your tax rate. And I want to thank you so much for joining us today. We have six days till Christmas. We have six days to make it happen for the children that we collect your donations for in Clark's Christmas Kids, for children in foster care, something we've been doing now. This is our 33rd year, a third of a century. Our generous listeners, readers, and viewers have been helping out children in foster care. And you want to see how to do it? Donate any amount of money or pick out a child you'd like to buy gifts or gifts for. Go to ClarksChristmasKids.com and have a great day.